This is HPR episode 1723 entitled Success with Students. It is hosted by Kevy and is about 27 minutes long. The summary is, from taking a podcasting course, students learn the benefit of creative commons and open source. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everybody, this is Ken here. Just before we get to Kevy's show, I'd like to uh, put in a correction sent in by 5150 in relation to yesterday's show. The website is www.kansaslinuxfest.us. That's kansaslinuxfest.us. Thank you very much for your time. Kevy and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Over the next week while, I want to actually discuss about a success story I had introducing uh, young minds to Creative Commons music and open source software. On top of that, we're also going to have some Creative Commons tracks, as well as uh, going over a wee bit of feedback from the previous HPR episode that I did. Now, before I get into doing this, I really think that maybe I should give you some background, otherwise the story won't really make an awful lot of sense. Uh, I'm a graphics teacher at a local high school, and one of the things that we're required to do now and again is offer what we call elective courses. Now, these elective courses don't actually offer any form of certificate at the end of it. The pupils there just purely do these things for enjoyment. And I was told about an hour or two ago before the the elective started that I was doing an elective course. And I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? And I thought about it for a few minutes and I thought, well, I've not got any budget left to do it because I hadn't. Originally, I wasn't meant to be doing it, so it couldn't be anything that costed money. So I was thinking, oh, what can I do? And I thought, right, podcasting. I know all about it. And I'm not saying I know everything, but I know enough to get people started. And it's also something I'm quite enthusiastic about. So I decided at that point, right then, I'm going to offer a podcasting course. Now, the first thing that really got me surprised, actually, about when I gave the talk was I started with, right, hands up who can tell me what a podcast was. And I think out of a group of 200, two people put their hands up. And that really shocked me. So I had to give the spiel about this. And out of that spiel, uh, quite a number actually decided to take the course and that was how the podcasting uh, the podcasting class was born now so like I said that's a background I thought it's kind of essential that I do that before I continue on with this podcast now those of you that recognize my voice will probably know me from podcasts such as CC Jam 
Turks Jam and Cravens. And one thing I do like uh, to do is promote Creative Commons music. And this podcast is going to be absolutely no different. So without further ado, let's have a very quick track here. And we're going to go. This is by Fixel and it is a try. Feeling once 
again And one day I'll be strong I will fight and I will shout I'll have courage to ask you May I be a man I'll have courage to ask you May I be a man I'll have courage to ask you May I be a man I'll have courage to ask you May I be a man No, Ed, in the first part of the podcast... The, I had to teach, really, these children pretty much everything from what a podcast was to some of the basic steps to creating a podcast. And one of the things that, when I mentioned that you could play music on a podcast, of course, immediately, they all started thinking, oh, I'm going to put on, well, whatever, my favourite tracks. So, you know, they're thinking along the lines of probably Justin Bieber on One Direction. And I said to them, yes, you can actually do that. You can do that if you want. However, you know, there's a problem with it. It's illegal. You don't have permission to play those tracks. And you can make it up purely if it's for yourself to listen to maybe another day or hand around your mates. But as I pointed out very clearly, it could end up with them being in trouble and possibly even in legal trouble. Because as I was saying, once something's on the internet, it's always going to be there. And there's going to be an awful lot of... uh, people who could potentially have thought no it'll never happen to me who ended up in hot water with the law so i had to explain that there were things called pod safe music and of course this led on quite naturally to discussing creative commons and none of them absolutely none of them had heard anything about creative commons licensing they just assumed everything was under uh, copyright so from that i actually managed to direct their attention to Jamendo, the Free Music Archive, and also Bandcamp. Unfortunately, with Bandcamp, there seems to be a bit of a difficulty in searching Bandcamp for Creative Commons music, so I had to take them down the route of searching DuckDuckGo, the site Bandcamp.com, with the the, uh, quote of some rights reserved. So I first of all got them to do that, and I would say, right, pick some tracks you like so we managed to do that so that was quite good because an awful lot of them did not realize this thing called creative commons even existed a lot of them i had to get out of the habit of they were wanting to look for the big name bands on Jamendo, and i was just saying to them look it's not going to happen you won't have heard of many of these bands if any of them at all so they had had to get them out of that mindset where they actually had to go and listen to stuff and look for stuff rather than just picking stuff that the radio told them to listen to so that was a wee bit of a challenge however Quite a few of them actually embraced this whole Creative Commons thing. A few, One or two I really had to work on because they went down the route of if it's free it must be rubbish or because it was Creative Commons it must be just somebody recording this on a smartphone in their bedroom. And I was saying, no, no, these are actually professional bands. Some of them some of them are just literally recorded on smartphones and they do sound awful, but for the majority of them they're professional bands. So that got me saying, now, it's not just the music that was free. However, we're also going to make this whole thing from start to finish as cheap as possible. Now, there's no such thing, sadly, as free hardware unless you get a donation. So I guess I wrote off the hardware costs and I did say you will have to buy a microphone unless you've got one built in. So we went over things like that. But then we talked about putting these together because obviously you've got to record something. Then you've got to edit the sound file, unless you happen to have a very good take and it's all done in one go. 
then you need a piece of software to put them together. Now, you could use, in theory, three different pieces of software. However, I was used to Audacity, and it was, well, one, it was open source, so it was free, and two, it was also cross-platform, because the one thing I really wanted to push on this was that anybody could do it, regardless, because you have to bear in mind, I have children from a complete range, wide range of backgrounds. It's not like in my area there is a posh school or the private school or there's the area that's mainly working class. This is one major school for the majority of the island. So you've got all different types of backgrounds. So one thing I wanted to do was make it accessible to each and every one of them. So again, that spoke about open source because they were talking about Audacity and were saying anybody can download it. And of course, immediately a lot of them thought of torrents, a bit torrent sites. And I'm saying, no, no, I says this is genuine open source. So in other words, the code's there, you're free to use it. You're free to do whatever you want with it. And again, had to initially get past the whole, oh, if it's free, it's not any good, because that seems to be something that's ingrained well into them. So sadly, we had to go through that, and that took a, you know almost a whole hour at one point just to try and convince them that free software can be good. So once we actually got started on this, a lot of them realized, hey, this is a good piece of software. And the, the, there was another teacher in the school who has a Mac suite and he was offering me uh, the use of the Mac so I could use GarageBand. But as I was saying, this the whole point is I want this to be accessible to everybody. Yes, GarageBand could easily have done what I wanted it to do, but how many of the children that I was teaching could actually take those skills home and use them on GarageBand? I'd say probably less than 10% of them. So they start, we started talking about what it meant to be open source. It didn't just mean you could get it free, because as I pointed out to them, if you really wanted to, you could probably get it free from illegal means. But this is a genuinely legal source. And of course, I was also pointing out the fact of uh, computer safety as well. If you download it from an illegal source, you don't know what's coming with it. Whereas with if you download Audacity or any open source from the official means, then you can see what's there. And if you don't know what it is, you can always give it to somebody else to say, check this code to make sure it's running okay. And a lot of them did start to get it. However, it, the story got even better because an awful lot of them started speaking to me about you know, different types of software. Was it just music software? And I was saying, no, it's not music software, not at all. It's part of it, but it's a whole array. And I started talking about you can have your entire computer from start to finish running on open source software. So, of course, a lot of them were asking, then start asking a wee bit about it. And to my happiness, to my celebratory, to, to the point where I got to almost celebration, uh, three of them actually brought laptops into school and says, right, will you take us through how to install Linux on this? Because we'd started speaking about it. And the three, there was one, I got deliberately chose three different ones just so that they could see the difference side by side. So one uh, got LXLE, one chose Ubuntu, and one chose Mint. Of course, the main reason I, chose, I kept to the Ubuntu base was because there was a good community behind them. And probably as well, if they were any family members that used Linux, it was probably quite a high chance they would use Ubuntu. So all three of them. Now, actually, to my surprise there, from the feedback I got, all of the kids loved Unity. Uh, one of them liked the LXDE desktop, and the other one did not, the one that actually installed Mint on, did not like the Cinnamon desktop at all. So I would, to be honest, that kind of surprised me. They liked more the 
the the new the new style desktop weren't so keen on the traditional desktop so in fact the one who I installed Mint onto asked me to actually take it off and put Ubuntu on which I happily did for him so there you go so that was my story of success now of course that's not going to be the same for each and every person however it wasn't by drumming it into them that Windows was bad that proprietary software was evil this was just talking to them casually in conversation and I think that's one of the key things when we're doing our day-to-day stuff we tend to forget not everybody is quite technologically uh, minded as ourselves so when we're actually talking about Creative Commons music when we're talking about open source software then an awful lot of just showing people a practical use for it, just showing that this can be useful, that it isn't just you know two people and uh, two people making up a sound, an audio track in the bedroom on a a smartphone rather than in a studio. It's just showing people that you know these things don't have to be poor quality or low quality, and I was really amazed at how well they embraced it. Now, out of the the three, there's a bit of sad news. One of them decided he wasn't. He didn't delete the partition, but he didn't really keep using Linux either. But I, I think that was just because when I told him he was a big gamer, and when I told him that gaming wasn't really in its prime for Linux, you know, to be honest, if he was wanting the AAA titles, it would be better sticking with Windows. And I think that scared him off a wee bit. So there still is that to contend with. Although, to be fair, Steam is doing a very good job of getting some better titles onto Linux. Now then, so that was a wee story, a wee success story. It made me want to cheer. And that is reflected, actually, on my next track. The track is Sun... The band is Sunburst, and the track is Make My Day, which these three pupils certainly did.
Now for the fiction, I just wanted to cover a wee bit of feedback really from the episode 1703, which actually was my first show for HPR flying solo. And I did get quite a bit of actual feedback. Now from outside, from the GNU social aspect of it, I got feedback saying that generally it was quite positive, but that I missed out. Both Windigo and John Culp both said that I missed out ABCDE, which is a CLI ripper. So that's something that, again, I may have to go back to look at. Jezra pointed out as well that I didn't use GRIP, which apparently is just scandalous. It was it was really terrible. <laughs> now, uh, Ken Fallon, who I'm quite honoured actually listened to the whole thing, to be honest, yeah, the big man, the big head honcho for HPR, yes, he says as well, sadly, K3B was missing from the list. Definitely one to review. And I had a comment from Charles as well left on this show, on the show, and it was nice informative introduction to these rippers. I greatly enjoyed the music intermissions too. So that's good to get back. Now, if I get more than three, if I get a few more uh, suggested to me, I will do a follow-up episode and review more. I, to be honest, I wasn't really wanting to do a definitive guide to CD ripping, it was just kind of comparing the different styles. So, in other words, how did the GUI applications compare with the command line and how did they compare with the full music suites? But I'll quite happily do a follow-up for that if that's what people want. Now, if you want to contact me, there's a few ways you can do it. One, you can go to the HPR show notes and actually add a comment to it. However, I don't usually get notifications for that, so forgive me if I take a wee while to respond. The other way, and probably more direct way, is to email um, kevy at unseenstudio.co.uk or if you want to get in touch with me on social network, I'm on Twitter, I'm at kevy49, at kevy49, and I'm also on GNU Social at micro.fragdev.com and I'm at Kevy there as well as joindiaspora.co.uk and again I'm at Kevy there. So if you actually liked or liked anything, disliked anything or just want to generally add a comment then please do. If you want to contact me and suggest something again it's a uh, it's something that, you know, I'll be quite happy to hear back from you. You just give us feedback if you think, no, no, this wasn't techy enough. If you think, it, well, certainly wouldn't be too techy this episode anyway. But it's always good to get feedback. But please at least keep it constructive criticism. Let's, uh, let's not have too many insults. But anyway, I know that uh, the community for HPR wouldn't stoop themselves to trolling anyway. I know that. So this, this isn't Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> Right then, so that's pretty much me. Goodbye, and I hope you'll hear me again either in Tux Jam, Crivens, or CC Jam, the future episode of HPR. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. 
Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.